rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Muscle Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. All right, buddies, I must apologize. It has been a long time since we last sat down and talked. Just one-on-one, just you and me. Uh, it's been since October since we posted our last episode, and, you know, not a lot. Not a lot's happened. My car broke down. I don't have a car right now. Um, that's why there's been a lack of episodes. I live in Colorado Springs where the culture here is kind of lacking. I've done a couple episodes here or there, but they kind of haven't really worked out. I'm going to try to edit them together to see if we can make something happen. I did win Bronze Blogger for the best of Colorado Springs Independent. That means I was the third placed blogger in Colorado Springs, which is very flattering for uh, considering this isn't really a blog, it's a podcast, but they don't have a podcast section. Otherwise, we would have took the gold. Uh, I lost to a coupon cutting blog. They won first place. They basically talk about coupons. And then my friend, my good friend and uh, podcasting um, partner, Miss Whiskey Darling, uh, she's a podcasting fiend like myself. Uh, she does not yet do one, but we're gonna. I'm gonna try to change that. She won second place. I'm very happy for her, except for the fact that she hasn't hadn't written a single blog in about six months before the awards. Oh well, still third place. Not too bad for our first year. Um, let's see. So, what took so long for me to get this episode up? Well, I, I battled depression pretty hard, um, especially. It's not officially diagnosed. All my uh, siblings and my mother and father both take uh, antidepressants or have at one point or another. Um, We're all pretty fucking crazy, and my highs and lows come and go. And what happened, this is what I think what happened, is I go to Chicago and I have one of the best weeks of my entire fucking life, and we're going to talk about it in this episode. So we have one of the best weeks of my entire fucking life, and I come home and it takes three months to recover from it. And then tack on the fact that I, I have seasonal depression on top of everything. I don't have a real job. I bartend once every two, three weeks at the Black Sheep. My car breaks down. I can't get to Denver to do the interviews I want to do. So I just sit here at home watching Netflix all fucking day. The last thing I want to do is sound excited and talk on the microphone. Well, here it is. The holidays are over. Uh, and there's something about the holidays. I get, I get my best friends here in town and we hang out and we party and and the uh, amount of creativity that we bring to the table, the group of us, just really changes everything and it really reinvigorates me and my uh, my drive, my self-esteem and all that good stuff and my creative function. Um, it's a bummer that we all live so far away from each other and uh, we can't do that more often because we really do push each other to excel our best. And really in Colorado Springs, I don't have a group of friends anymore like that, which is why I'm getting the fuck out, friends. The end of April, I'm looking to be uh, probably in Denver, which isn't which isn't a far stretch from uh, Colorado Springs, but it's it's much more bigger and invigorating. Uh, we're going to re- relaunch this podcast hard and heavy. We'll probably take off the tail end of uh, 2013 as well, but still, fuck it. The future is ours. I got a couple of interviews scheduled with uh, some fairly big deal things, so uh, hopefully things will uh, continue to grow and prosper. So, uh, without further avail, we're gonna let's talk about this uh, episode. Um. It was weird for me to edit this episode together. I hadn't listened to it since the night it happened. Um, Basically, this episode was the uh, first night of Riot Fest. Friday, September. I fucking don't remember the date. Should have written it down. It didn't. Oh, well, you can go Google that. Um, I'm hanging out. The Offspring are playing the opening night of Riot Fest. They're playing at Congress Theater in Chicago. I don't really know anybody in Chicago. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate to stay with my acquaintance, Derek. He was very, very kind to let me stay in his loft. Barely know each other. Um, still all around cool dude. Him and his band Whipped. 
really took me in and took care of me. Uh, none of those guys had the three-day passes. The three-day passes for Riot Fest got you into the after parties. Other than that, you had to buy tickets, and the after party I chose to go to sold out. I posted on Facebook, which show should I go to? Uh, there was Alkaline Trio. There was Naked Ray Gun with Dan Vapid. Um, I can't remember the other ones. Those were the big two that I was like, man, which one do I go to? I think Frank Turner played a show, but I've seen Frank Turner so many times that it's like, meh, cool. So I chose, thanks to my dear friend, Miss Lisa Root, my uh, former editor at Ant Magazine. Um, she went, Damien, when the fuck are you ever going to get to see Dan Vapid and Naked Ray Gun again? And I thought to myself, yeah, I've seen Alkaline Trio. I've seen Brendan Kelly before. Never seen Naked Ray Gun or Dan Vapid. I'm in Chicago. Let's go fucking do it. And so I go by myself. I get lost a little bit. Thank God a GPS on your goddamn cell phone telephones there um, brought me to the subterranean in Chicago. I walk in, and I don't know a single soul there. And if you go back a couple episodes, I interviewed Real Big Fish and uh, Dave from Scott Brewery in Durango, Colorado. Me and my roommate, Sean, went down there. We didn't know anybody. We just sat down, and we just kept meeting people over and over and over. We made so many friends that weekend. If it hadn't been for that, reminding me that, oh, shit, I have this special gift that I can be charming when I want to, um, which sounds egotistical and over the head, but I'm really kind of... uh, severely socially awkward unless I have a reason to talk to you. Um, so I walk into the subterranean and with this, this newfound sense of, holy shit, I can walk up to strangers and make friends. I, I, I order a beer from the pack bar. And, and the way the subterranean set up, it's a three-story building. It's a three-story venue. The bottom floor, they have a bar that's not attached to the venue. And they're going to have some kind of DJ show. They're cattle herding everybody in before they let people into the uh, subterranean show they're only going to let i believe 50 to 100 people in with a uh, three-day wristband so make sure to get there early which is why i skipped the offspring show that night was because fuck it fuck the offspring <laughs> i've seen them before uh so i look around i get this beer and i'm standing in the corner by myself and i'm looking around i'm looking around i'm looking around and i see this guy who looks like my buddy hans now hans is a Colorado Springs dude that I hang out with a lot. He wears a uh, beanie pretty much year-round, and that beanie has his name on it. He's a, you know, Hans. I don't know. You don't know him. Fuck it. So I see this guy who looks just like my buddy Hans wearing a beanie. It's September. I'm sweating my ass off because I'm not. I'm from Colorado and not used to the humidity, which everybody's like, Damien, you're from, from uh, Louisiana originally. But I fucking lived in Colorado for 11 years, and I hate Louisiana weather. So anyway, so I'm hanging out. And I see this dude, looks just like Hans, and he's next to a big, stocky, goateed, happy, goofy-looking dude. Uh, I forget what shirt he was wearing, but I liked it. And I went, you know what? I'd be friends with those guys. And I walk right up to him, and I go, hey, man, do you guys know how this is going to work out if we're going to be able to get in? Because I hear it's sold out. You know, this Dan Vapid, Naked Ray Gun show, I hear it's sold out. Are we going to be able to get in with our three-day wristbands? Like, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Whatever. Hey, we're from Fort Lauderdale. Hey, I'm from Colorado Springs. Uh, This is Mike. Mike's the guy in the beanie. Pat's the uh, stockier, funny gentleman. And, And then Kristen. Pat's wonderful girlfriend comes walking up and we bullshit, we talk and boom, best friends forever. Instantly we're pulling out our cell phone telephones and we're making uh, connections. We we add each other on Facebook standing right there before we even go upstairs. We're friends. Um, I think they, we keep talking, it's all kind of hazy because you know, we're drinking. We, wa- we wander upstairs and we, we kind of take a spot towards the back near the, uh, the bar. 
So th- this bar, so on the second floor is where the bands play, and then they have a balcony third floor kind of area. It's a cool, it's a cool little joint. And we're standing towards the back of the bar. We're just bullshit, you know. We're we're being friends. And Dan Vapid plays his set. It was cool, whatever, you know. Lots of screeching weasel songs. Lots of new stuff. Sounds like screeching weasel. Um, that set's over. Like we're buying each other rounds. We're buying each other shots. We're getting nice and liquored up. And I'm standing there. And Naked Raglan is starting, and I look over, and holy shit, there's Bill Stevenson. Bill Stevenson, of course, is the drummer of the Descendants. Uh, once upon a time, he was the drummer of Black Flag. Uh, he's also been in all, of course, the Descendants side project, and only, uh, I want to say only Thunder, but that's the Denver band that kicks ass. Uh, only Crime, that's the name of the band, Only Crime. And I see this dude, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Bill Stevenson! Ah! I'm freaking out. Uh, Bill is, you know, Bill lives in Fort Collins. I live in Colorado Springs. I've seen him about a thousand times out and about, but it never had the balls to go up to him and say hi. And I didn't this time either. (laughs) But then I turn and I look, and I see this bald-headed, cancerous-looking motherfucker, and I think to myself, that looks like Donnie Blair from the Toadies and Hagfish couple seconds comes to me and I'm like holy shit that's that's his brother Zach from Hagfish and now playing lead guitar in Rise Against holy shit I go up to him because you know I I am severely socially awkward but now I got my in and of course I got I got some libations in me and I can uh, I can uh, open up a little bit so I walk up to him I put my hand on his back and I go Zach and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, hey, dude, my name's Damien. I'm really good friends with your buddy, Donnie, which is true. And he stops and goes, hey, gives me a big hug. And then I ramble and talk his damn ear off for God knows how long. He introduces me to uh, the drummer, Brandon, of Rise Against. The other two Rise Against dudes are, you know, Chicago's their hometown. Uh, they're at home with their kids. And they got they got a big night ahead of them the next night. And so I'm, I'm hanging out with Zach Blair. And Brennan from the from Rise Against, and then I start, and then he introduces me to, and I forget his name. I should have looked it up in the research, but uh, the bass player Dag Nasty, and then I'm talking to Zach, and I'm talking to Zero, <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, have you ever met Bill?" Because Bill Stevenson has come back into the fold, and I'm like, "No, I've never met Bill." And so he's like, hey, Bill, this is Damien. Damien's from Colorado Springs. He used to work for JJ and the Nobodies. He's good friends with Donnie. Um, what's up? You know, and I shake his hand. I talk to him. I give him a flyer for my podcast, and he looks at it, and and it's like, whoa, <laughs> holy shit, I just met one of my fucking heroes. And, of course, I posted on Facebook that I just met Bill Stevenson. All my friends were like, oh, big deal. I've already met him, met him a hundred times. Hey, I used to play in a band. You know, I mean, all, all my Colorado punk rock friends have met him for the most part, and we're not really too excited about that. But for me, I was shitting my pants, and it's all because I just happened to meet Pat, Kristen, and Mike at the back. And these dudes are excited, too, because <laughs> before I'm, like, rattling on, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know this dude, I know this dude, I know this dude, I do this podcast, I've interviewed this band, this band, this band. <laughs> and I remember them being like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I introduced them. Them hanging out with me, they got to meet Bill Stevenson. They got to meet, you know, Zach and Brendan and the dude from Dag Nasty, whose name I've forgotten. And uh, so we're even more best friends. They're buying me even more rounds of beer. And... Uh, yeah, what happened next? Jeez, I can't even remember. I took a photo with with uh, Bill. I took photos with Zach, and I other people were coming up to me and taking photos with me, thinking that I was a member of a band that was uh, popular. But 
uh, no. So I, I hope those photos somewhere surface because that would be hilarious. But still, so Naked Ray Guns halfway through the set. We've barely watched any of it because, you know, we're hanging out. We're fucking hanging out with the rock stars. And it's a fan-fucking-tastic time. I can't believe my luck. And uh, so we had missed Pegboy opening for the Offspring at Congress Theater. And Pat, Kristen, and Mike, my three new friends from Fort Lauderdale, were like, let's go over to the after party at the Liars Club. Don't know these guys, but we're best friends forever. We jump into, we leave, we leave uh, uh, the subterranean, jump in a cab, head to the Liars Club, and we get there right as Pegboy ends. Boom. It's done. Kristen paid for the cab, by the way. Thank you, Kristen. You're a wonderful, very kind, beautiful woman. And uh, uh, that Pat is a very lucky man. If things don't work out. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're at the Liars Club. I end up meeting Jeff from the Rocket Fuel Podcast for the very first time. Very wonderful gentleman. Uh, we bullshitted for a few minutes. And then, you know, the show's over. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's going home. Pat, Kristen, and Mike, they jump into a cab and head their head their own way and I got their phone numbers and we're going to meet up the next day at Riot Fest for the first official day of Riot Fest and sure enough we did um, hang out with Jeff for a few more minutes he hops into his cab takes off to where he's staying and then here's me standing there by myself and I'm I'm pretty tipsy and I'm like fuck it I guess I'll I don't know where I am I'm at the Liars Club never been there before hit into my GPS there's not a uh, there's not a uh, train or bus anywhere near so I so I'm trying to grab a cab from in front of the bar, but everybody's leaving at this time. So it's really hard to get a cab. So I so I, I walk down to the street corner. It looks like a busy enough intersection. And I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll just grab a cab down here. And this is where the adventure starts even more. Uh, I see these two dudes. They're, and uh, they're, they're older gentlemen, and they're talking. One of them has an accent. The other one, man, who even knows? Boston accent. So at first I'm like, oh, these are two like old German punk rock dudes, and uh, and I and I look at them. I go, hey guys, you guys waiting for a cab? And I'm just doing it to be polite because they're just standing there, and if they're waiting for a cab, I don't want to jump ahead of them, and take one from them. And the bald headed dude looks at me and goes, do you like punk rock? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I like punk rock. And he points to the other guy and he goes, this is Springer from SSD. Springer, you like punk rock? You're coming with us. And I'm um, in and, and the course of the night, the course of this adventure, and everything else I've ever I've fucking done up until this point. It's like absolutely, I'm going with these guys. They're like, we're going to the exit, legendary Chicago punk rock club. The exit, let's go. Jump in the cab. I have no idea for who Springer from SSD is because, you know, I'm a fucking 31, like I'm a fucking Fat Records punk rock kind of kid. That's where I got into it. It's Fat Records, Epitaph, Bad Religion Days. I kind of missed out on some of that earlier stuff. So he's telling me who he is, and the guy in the front seat's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Tony. I own Victory Records. And I go, bullshit. And Tony's like, N- throws his wallet at me. And I open it up, and I see the blackest, darkest, most uh, exquisite American Express card in my life. And he goes, pull it out. What's that say? It says, Tony Brummel, Victory Records. And so I'm in a cab with legendary Boston hardcore singer Springer from SSD and Tony, the owner of Victory Records. What a mind fuck. Right? Right? What? 
And and this is all because my uh, good friend Miss Lisa Root said, "Hey, <laughs> go see Naked Raygun Dan Babbitt because you'll not regret that." And goddamn, if I one of the best adventures of my entire life. I'm sorry if this is going on a little too long, but it was just one of those moments. I I gotta tell the story. And uh, so we go to this exit, and uh, I'm talking to Tony before I even hit record on the on the podcast. I'm like, "Hey, I do a podcast. I tell him I do a radio station. I tell him I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana." I live in Colorado. Somehow Tony gets it in his head that I'm from Atlanta. And and, and we're laughing. We're joking. We're having a good time. I think I had mentioned that I'd gone to Atlanta a couple months earlier. But um, so we're hanging out. We're talking. I'm telling him uh, right outside before we even go in the, vent, the bar, the exit. I'm t- telling him, uh, oh, man, I just saw uh, the royalty last night play at this other Chicago bar. And he's like, oh, the royalty. They're completely different than anything else on our label right now. And he says it with this weird accent that I, I can't place. I thought initially he was German, and maybe he is. Uh, who knows? Whatever. Um, he's like, yeah, they sound completely different than anything else on the label. And we start talking about weird albums he's put out on this label. And I mentioned that The Forecast is one of my favorite bands he put out. He's like, oh, yeah. And he mentioned something along the lines of, man, the best records we ever did were the worst sellers. <laughs> uh, we talked about Gray Area and Ernie um, from that band. And fuck, man, we, we had a really good conversation while he was finishing up his cigarette. We go inside, and he walks over to the bar. He's like, this is my my man. He's from the south. He's from south of the Mason-Dixon line. Let's get him a, some good Chicago beer. And I'm like, well, I, I don't want to correct him. Fuck it. Let him buy me a beer. <laughs> and he's like, what do you want? What do you want? I'm like, dude, a PBR is fine. He goes, no, we got to get this guy a good beer. He's our new buddy. Get him a Heineken. And I'm just like, okay, I'd rather have a PBR, but let's drink Heineken. He, he ends up throughout the night buying me four or five beers, which was fantastic. Not only that, he paid for the cab ride, which is pretty goddamn exciting too. Um, and so it's loud. It's rock. It's whatever. It's a fucking old punk rock bar dive, the exit there in Chicago. And I'm talking to Springer, and he's like, I got to do some press. I got to get with you. Let's do some press for this movie. Let's do some press. And he's like, everybody always gets me wrong. Let's let's get some press. And they're like, you should give me a call. I'm like, dude, I got my recording equipment right here in my pocket. Let's go do an interview now. And he goes, okay, let me finish my beer or whatever. I can't exactly remember because remember by this time I'd probably had 10 to 12 beers. And so we go outside. We go. We go next door. There's a whatever. We're in this. We're in the alcove of this building. We're doing this little interview, and we're about to hear that here in a few minutes. And then I try to talk to Tony, and that that interview actually went pretty good. I was surprised. I had been afraid to listen to it because of how drunk I was, and uh, surprisingly, for not knowing who the guy was and just going off what he had said to me earlier in the cabin in the bar, I think we got a pretty good little decent interview here. Uh, promoting his movie All Ages directed by Drew Stone and then we talked about his new band Springer and the Sonic Droogs uh, man what a fantastic fun time and then I try to interview Tony uh, and you'll hear that here in a minute and Tony instead steals my microphone away from me my little handheld recording device and starts trying to interview me about um, 80's wrestling which I of course was not a fan of 80's wrestling had not watched any 80's wrestling whatsoever uh so that that lasts about eight minutes. So that's about thirty minutes. That's about to go on. I, I got to finish this, telling this last little bit of the story. So we go back inside the bar, and uh, he buys me another Heineken. All I want is a PBR, but he buys me Heineken. It's kind of the reverse of a uh, uh, blue velvet there. And um, this young lady comes up to me. This beautiful young young lady. She's like, "Hey, I'm Stephanie. I'm from fucking Detroit." 
yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Damien. I live in Denver. I told everybody I live in Denver, even though I live in Colorado Springs. It's just easier to explain that way. I'm talking to this young lady, trying to figure out why the hell this young lady is talking to me to begin with. She tells me I have a beautiful beard. I'm a very handsome young man. And I'm like, what does she want? I'm bullshitting with her. She's like, yeah, me and my friends, we don't have a place to stay tonight. And I call her out. I go, you're the cute girl that your friends send out there in the world to try to get a free place to stay, aren't you? Well, it sucks because uh, I'm staying at my buddy uh, Derek's house, and he's out of town for the night with his lady friend. So I can't really, you know, invite you guys back to back to his place. But goddamn, I would love to. And she gets offense, offensive with me. She's like, no. I just thought you were fucking handsome, and I wanted to talk to you. You seemed like a cool dude. And I'm like, oh. Apologize profusely. I'm like, I, I think I'm an ugly, fucking dumb-looking motherfucker with a beard. Giant beard, mind you. And uh, I, I didn't know why a beautiful young lady such as yourself would be talking to me. And then, you know, we're drinking. We're doing shots, and we're hanging all over each other. Like, we're about to start making out. Her friend drah, grabs her by the arm, drags her out of the bar, and... Say la vie, but not before I got her phone number. We've been uh, keeping in contact ever since. So, Stephanie, it was very pleasure to meet you. You're a wonderful young lady. Can't wait to see you next year. I've already got my tickets again for Ride Fest 2013. Let's see if we can mimic this kind of uh, adventure. Uh, the rest of the weekend paled in comparison to this one night, but uh, still had a blast. Uh, we'll talk about that after the interview. Uh, we're gonna go ahead. Let's uh, let's see what else do I want to talk about here. I got some notes. Uh, so yeah, we talked to Springer from SSD about all ages. His new Boston Hardcore documentary directed by Drew Stone. We talk about Spring and the Sonic Drew Dogs, and we talk about his old straight-edge career. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a song from Springer and the Sonic Droogs. Uh, this song's going to be called 44 Second. Then we're going to go into the interview with Springer. Then we're going to go uh, go ahead and listen to uh, Tony try to interview me about uh, 80s wrestling. And then I'll come back and I'll ramble some more about the rest of the story because there's a little bit more. A little bit more going on. All right, guys.
doing with yourself? Well, it's going on summer. We just played a gig at Lions Club last night, and uh, the band is doing good. Dale Miner is now on second guitar. Remember from Get It Love? He's fucking yes, rocking. Yes. And uh, we got to turn around on bass, so it's good. We just did the pre-party last night. Okay. That's what we did. Because those, many years ago, right, I, that guy Mike, right, this kid Mike, he goes, this goes. I'm like, what the fuck? You're doing all these reunions, you know, these punk rock reunions, all these fucking guys. You have a fucking sustainable guy from history, you know, in your town who's not asking for a lot of fucking money, who has a solid band, who's a bunch of junkies or thieves that are going to fucking rob, uh, ruin the show. Right. We're going to present a professional fucking show. I'm right here, and I'm waiting for you to ask me to play fucking rock. And he goes, well, maybe if it was SSD, your old band doing a reunion, we could book you. I go, if it was my old band SSD, I wouldn't need your little fucking festival. You know, and all of a sudden, a few years later, this thing is the biggest thing, and I'm eating my fucking words. <laughs> Where are you going? You're not coming in? Echo, we need some fucking we need some feedback. Yeah, sure we do. Ba, 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 ba. Want me to just do an intro? Sure. It's up to you, because earlier you were saying like what was it you were saying about uh I just want to push the the future and people keep fucking sucking me back into the past. Yeah, yeah. Well you were saying something about like you gotta make sure the journalists know how to spell your name. So just there are going to be little kids out there who have yeah, never, yeah. never yeah, exactly. heard of SSB. Right. And and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this dude that Damon's talking to? Dude, do the fucking history on me and you'll find out. Well, you know, but still, like, let me make sure I get your name spelled right. Okay, this is Springer, S-P-R-N-G-A, not Ooh. Springer, which people make a lot of mistakes, but I'm from Boston, so it's Springer. I've had this nickname since kindergarten. Um, when the fucking teachers said, you know, hey, spring, 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 stuff, uh, springing around the room there, Springer. And all of a sudden, all the kids laughed. I got stuck with this nickname. Came back in first grade, thought, you know, that was all done with. No. Curl jumped up, yelled, you know, that's not his name. His name is Springer. Hated the name all the way through fucking elementary school until I got to junior high. And I walked into junior high with the name, and I started fucking owning it. Two years, I was roading for bands, and uh, two years later, um, I decided... You know, I'm a way better singer than the guy I'm fucking working for. So, started sneaking off to New York on the Amtrak, hanging out with. Uh, I saw David Johansson with Mick Jagger in Cream Magazine, and I'm like, oh my god, if I go to this place, Max's Kansas City in New York City, there's a chance that I'm gonna get to meet, you know, meet Mick Jagger, and that was my whole fucking goal. Ended up making friends with the Dolls, with the Roadies for Blondie, fucking Johnny Thunders, you know, Heartbreakers, like all that whole thing that was going down right at that time, you know. I started owning up to the name Springer, S-P-R-N-G-A. But uh, I have a new band out of Chicago called Springer and the Sonic Droogs. Now, everyone says, oh, Springer, you're trying to rip off the SSD initials, you know, Springer, Sonic Droogs. You know, that's your perception. That's not the reality of it. The reality of it is I've been playing with this guy, Rick Droogan, for years. He's called Droog. He went over to Europe and started playing with the guys from Saints and uh, over in Amsterdam. And they gave him the nickname Sonic. So he came back to America with the name Sonic. So his name is now Sonic Droog. So Springer, Sonic Droog. Okay, that's the band. And uh, that's in Chicago. We have a new album coming out. But for all you people out there, all you kids who don't know who I am and don't care, see the movie All Ages, the Boston hardcore film, directed by Drew Stone. Um, Dwayne Lucci was the executive producer and Katie the Cleaning Lady producer, which if anyone knows anything about the history of Boston fucking hardcore, you'll know who these people are, pretty heavyweights. But this movie will say, you know, you don't know who I am, Go see my fucking movie, All Ages. 
because Springer's all over the thing, and everyone else is all trying to be like, like you know, 30 years later, like all hard and fucking, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like we knew what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea that we would be a small piece of fucking, you know, the development of rock and roll in this country that will never, ever be reproduced. And there was only about 30 bands who did it. I'm Springer from SSD Control in Boston. And you can't take that away from me, okay? So see the movie and my new band, Springer Sonic Droogs. Come and see us, because we're coming to your fucking town. Yeah. You were telling me... No, 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 no. Let, let's keep talking. You were tell, yeah. telling me something about you were involved in the early straight edge movement. Yes, of course. Tell me about that. Like, okay. You're not. You're obviously not straight edge before. You're smoking a Now, cigarette. now... Hey, together. listen, this is a million years later. Yeah. At the time, okay, to be punk rock... You wanted to separate yourself from your fucking environment, okay? Right. I was surrounded by drunk uncles. Everyone like, oh, we got, you know, the story. They glorified these fucking drunks because they got drunk and they did something stupid. I did not want to be identified with these people. When I hooked up with the other guys in the band, you know what I mean? We had the feeling, we, we had the same feelings about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be part of this. You try to separate yourself from that. I'm not a guy who wants to be down at all. I'm an up fucking guy. You know, so drinking for me, I was the guy what they call the hamster. I would be helpful in the scoring of the alcohol, you know, because we're underage. But the actual drinking of the alcohol, I used to fucking open a beer and then pour it out, you know what I mean, and pretend I was drunk. And I'm like, this is a bullshit way to leave. So when we hooked up with, you know, Minor Threat, who came up with the song Straight Edge, we took it a little step further in Boston. And we started, you know, being like, if you're going to be fucked up, you're going to screw up our shows at the VFW Hall. You know what I mean? These are all ages shows. We don't want any alcohol, no smoking. I don't want the fucking smoke in the gallery when I'm out there playing and I'm fucking choking me. Didn't like any of that shit. So at the time, when I was on the SSD clock, 100% all the time. What I did on my own time is my own fucking business. And you can, people can all fuck off, okay? But people who know me to this day know that I'm still a fucking lightweight because I never learned how to go and puke in the woods with all those other kids. Like drink so much and become an asshole because... I didn't want to, you know what I mean? And so the straight edge, for you kids, when you're under that age and you're small and you're still growing, don't do the shit, you know what I mean? Wait till you become an adult and you can rationalize your fucking reason for doing what you have to do. But don't start out like a fucking idiot because you're not going to make it. And the straight edge movement saved a lot of fucking kids' lives. And, you know, we idolized Ted Nugent because he never fucking party. He did a song in 1967, Journey to the Center of Your Mind, about acid, right? And this guy was so fucking talented, but so naive that the other guys are singing about fucking drugs and he was like, until this day, Nugent never never went down never went down that road. And like Ian McKay's always said, everybody, you know, in the 80s, you know, late 70s, were telling you to get high, drink, whiskey and wine, whatever. But Ian says it the best. It's like, we wanted a certain group of kids that said, we don't want that. We don't want that. And they found it through Straight Edge. And Straight Edge is very fucking important. And to this day, the rules that were set for me, the outline, because I'm not a fucking rule follower, but the outline that was set for me back then made me the person I am today. And I am so fortunate because of the Straight Edge. And all you kids out there, don't do it till you can fucking grow and you can, you know... Make your own decisions because it's a wrong fucking path. Yeah, you were saying earlier you'd only had three beers and you're buzzed. It's fantastic. To this day, 30 I'm years jealous. later, three beers. And I can drink three beers. And I cannot, like, Jones, like, I never drink in the fucking daytime. I never drink in the daylight. But it's not, it's not important what my particulars are. What is important of you people out there is to not develop dependency on some other fucking thing. Rule your own sex life. 
rule your own fucking drinking, rule your, you know, your own mentality, and don't let that become something that pushes you into a fucking wrong direction. Make yourself up. Be a fucking strong person. That's what straighters is about. You know, and you guys people can all fuck off. They love to point fingers and fucking, you know, fuck you. <laughs> straighters is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, what what deterred you from the straight edge? Deterred lifestyle? me? Nothing yeah. ever deterred me. Because I've never been a fucked up idiot seeking out you, drugs or fucking alcohol in order to make myself have a good time. Because I can have a good time no matter what. I don't need that shit. You know, nothing ever deterred me from it. I still live that life. And people who really know me know me as spring of the fucking lightweight. Oh, because my mummy won't let me or whatever. I don't fucking bow down to that shit, peer pressure. Fuck nice. you. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So just because you catch me at an off moment right now, Riot Fest, I had a good show last night. I had, a, you know, three beers tonight. I may be a little fucking, you know, but I'm still right on point because my uh, yeah. beliefs are the same. Do you think I'm going to go in there and get a fourth beer? I'm not going to get a fourth beer because I'm at the height of what I need right now. What about some shots? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Ask Mick Jagger about that. Yeah. One shot to the body. You, you were talking earlier about you were watching people doing heroin and all kinds of oh, shit. Oh, I've seen like, everything. I've yeah. seen three ways. I've seen sex parties. Why would I, you know... Hey girls, um, why would I ever? This is what I'm saying about you know sets of rules. Why would I trade up one set of rules for another set of rules? Everyone should experience everything in their lives, so you shouldn't have to bow down because straight is a certain outline or whatever. You know, it's not. It's a personal I, set of politics. But I've seen everything, and I, I've had the greatest fucking life. Yeah. So uh, you were t- all ages. That's your movie. Um, well, I consulted on it. I uh, gave in all the uh, all the stuff that you uh, see scanned, like the buttons, the homemade buttons, the T-shirts, all the stuff that was in between the clips. You know what I mean? Drew Stone is the director, and he did a great job. And the movie will come to your time. But buy the DVD. You can go on Pay for Pal, right. and you can get it. Uh, all ages, the Boston Hardcore film. And uh, Dwayne... What Dwayne, who ran the gallery back in those days, is the executive producer, and he's great. And Katie, the clean lady producer, she's the one who gave us the rides in our station wagon to all the shows. Nice. She was dynamite. So, see the film, you'll know who the fuck I am. Well, like, we, you were talking earlier about, was it uh, American Hardcore? Was that what you were talking about? You didn't know you were that famous until no, you saw I did, American Hardcore? because after Hardcore, I tried to be, like, I was in this, like, you know, Deep Purple Alice Cooper band, really fucking thinking I was the Paul McCartney of punk rock and this and that. And it's like, Dickie Barrett from the Boston's came up to me one night and he said, Springer, people don't want to see how good you can sing. They just want to see you go fucking mental and scream your ass off. And, and he made me, he, like a light bulb went off my head. I'm like, he's fucking right. I keep thinking that I'm so developed now, but I'm not. I'm still the same fucking angry motherfucker I always was. And there's a lot to be angry about right now, people. What are you angry about? What do you mean? About I mean, people get sucked in about the fucking Republicans and the war machine. Why do we have ground troops when we have a droid? Let's zero in on them, bomb them from the fucking sky. And if they blow our fucking droid out of the sky, nobody dies. Nobody dies. Why are our fucking kids dying for this fake propaganda so fucking, you know, rich Republicans can make money off of building war machines? It's fucking wrong. It's always been wrong. And people have to start standing up. Unless you're getting a job, you know, in the fucking factory in your hometown. I can't take that away from you. Uh, fucking support the unions. But fucking, you know, these Republicans that are making the... got to see through that shit. The Democratic Party is what we have. The Green Party, they're not going to allow it. We can be behind it all we want, and it's great. But the fact is, the Democratic Party is still the only 
standard thing that we have hope for. So vote for Obama. And, I mean, <laughs> Mitt Romney, please, the big dig in Boston. I got a lot to say about that. He's a, he's a, he's a throwaway candidate. He's a he's, fucking elitist. He's the one I can't believe that that's the best they could come up with was that fucking stooge. He's I, no person. Why don't you fucking elect Dukakis or fucking, you know, or John Kerry with fucking no personality, all from Massachusetts, by the way. And uh, Joe Biden's from that. Well, it I doesn't matter. Joe Biden. Joe Biden fucking speaks off the cuff, speaks from the heart, and <laughs> he doesn't give dude. a fuck. And because he, he knows he doesn't have any like sexual dirt in his past that the fucking you know media is going to pull yeah. out on him. He fucking you know. And it, and and Obama sometimes he just rolls his eyes at what he's saying, but he can't fucking deny the guy's fucking spirit. And I don't even know that guy that well. But please, have you ever met him? No, no. I've How long Obama. you been in Chicago? Twenty fucking years. Goddamn. Twenty years, and then. That really says a lot. This town is the greatest town in America. It's the second city, the city of big shoulders. You know, Chicago is fucking great. But everything seeps in from the coast. You know, east coast or west coast, it takes a while to get here. So the original ideas aren't the greatest here, but it's the home of the blues, and the blues are important. So, so what is it like when you walk into a bar like the exit and they start playing your old band? I like walking in dressed like a half a fucking fag. I like dr- walking in dressed like a fucking yeah. dandy because they all look at me. They're all hardcore. They got their uniforms on and they know who I am. They know what I did. They can't take it away from me. So fuck you because that's punk rock going against the grain no matter what. You know, even if you don't feel that way, just the fact that you're fronting against what's going on in the fucking norm. It, I mean, that's punk rock. Punk rock isn't even really a form of music. It's, you know, it's an attitude, you know? What do you, what do you think about the, uh, Legs McNeil's book, uh, Please Kill Me? Oh, I fucking love it. I loved yeah, me it. too. I loved it. I Are quit. you in there? I haven't uh, read well, it in a long time. This is my friend Sticker, who was a blondie fucking road. He was a good friend of mine. Let me stay at his house. But I got a great story about them. Arturo, right? I saw the Ramones 53 times, but Arturo, this one time, I used to uh, have to sneak out of my parents' house, like on a Friday night. And I was in the Boy Scouts at the time, dressed in a full Boy Scout <laughs> uniform. And then in the garage, I had Beautiful. my leather jacket, fucking with all my badges, and my fucking, you know, my punk rock outfit. I would go in the, I would leave the house dressed as a Boy Scout, and then I would go into the garage, put on my punk rock clothes, take the subway into South Station, grab the Amtrak down to New York in fucking three and a half, four hours or whatever, and then just show up and just, you know, live and find out what was going on in the city. But this one time. My father was working on, in the garage on the fucking car. I couldn't switch in the open. I can't make the 7.30 fucking train. I'm like, okay, what? So I left in a full Boy, Boy Scout outfit. I get to Max's, Kansas City. I bust by the front door, man. You know, people out there smoking or whatever, but I just weasel by. I see Johansson. I see Sticker. I see uh, Arturo, who's a merchandise guy, artist. And... Uh, Who's a couple other fuckers? But I fucking weasel right into their booth and I'm sitting like, "What are you drinking?" And I'm like, uh, "I don't know, uh, rum and coke." I didn't know what to say because I'm not a drinker. I had no idea. Ordered the drink. All of a sudden, he came in. So at the end of the night, all these fucking what Johansson called chicken hawks was surrounding me. You know, gay fucking men who saw me and I forgot that I was not in the punk rock outfit. I'm in a full Boy Scout outfit with the fucking high, you know, the knee socks and the whole fucking deal. Sitting there like, la la la, I'm so cool, man. I was Johansson, fucking ba ba ba. And, uh, and all of a sudden he goes, hey, Adi, I think you better take this kid home to your fucking loft because the chicken hawks are starting to surround it. And I'm like, well, the Romans told me to stay down at this fucking... <laughs> they sent me to the fucking gay uh, Lower East Side fucking YMCA, probably where the village people wrote the song about, you know? But they, and they're like, why did you do that to the little kid? But, so he takes me home, uh, 
go to this loft. I get in there, and it's day glow fucking, you know, fluorescent fucking pink SWAT stickers. Like wallpaper up and down the fucking wall. I walk in, and I just stop, and I go, I look at him, I go, Adi, what the fuck? You into white power? And he goes, looks at me, and I'm looking at all these swords under this black light. And I'm like, he goes, oh, Springer, don't worry about it. I, no, no, actually, I said, I go, Adi, you're into white power? What the fuck? I go, because you're kind of a darkie yourself. I mean, you're an island guy or something like that. I go, what the fuck is wrong with you? He goes, oh, Springer, don't worry about it. It's an art thing. It's an art thing. And I go, he goes, he gave me a fucking old, like, moving blanket and goes, go sleep in that corner by the fucking radiator. And it was warm there. And I fucking cuddled up and stayed there, whatever. But don't worry about the spring. It's an odd thing. Swan's thing is up and down. It freaked me out in day glow. And I kept waking up and looking at it. But it's crazy. But Johansson saved my life. I'm getting probably ass raped by a bunch of fucking chicken hawks, as he calls them. But that's a true story. And that was way back. It was before the band. It was a still roadie for like Willie Alexander, the real kids, uh, Liars, all the bands out of Boston. And I was roadie until I discovered, fuck you. And then when, then when SSD started, you know, it was like, Al had these ideas about what the straight edge was and about, like, the direction of the band. I go, I don't give a fuck what you guys want to do that way. I go, I just want to sing faster than any fucking band in Chicago, I, you know, in, in fucking Boston. I don't want to, you know, I want to sing faster than anyone. I don't care what we're doing. And that was my whole objective. And we did that, you know. So I put out fucking four or five albums before I was 20. And uh, nobody can take that away from me. So go see my movie, All Ages. It's documented. It's the truth. You can see it, you know. Trade them. Collect them with your friends. All colors. You know, don't be afraid. Don't raise your hand. Just shout it out if you know the answer. Yeah. What's the new band? You've got new, a new band, band is Springer, Sonic, Droogs. And we'll be coming to your town soon. We've got a new album coming out. It's called Your, uh, your Face is Going to Get Stuck Like That. You know, because remember when we were young, they were like, you know, don't make those faces because your face is going to get stuck. Well, my face got stuck like that because 30 years later and I'm still doing it. Who's putting it out? Anybody? Well, Gerard Cosley has interest uh, from Matador. Um, Bridge Nine, it was like they have the distribu- you know, distribution. And uh, Curtis from Tang Records wants to do something with a box catalog from the old thing, but it's like we already did the power thing with him. I don't know. Curtis is a good man, good record record label Tang, but... You know, I just want someone who's going to get me the fuck into, like, you know, behind the Iron Curtain. You know, <laughs> I want to get in. How, how much longer till that full U.S. tour? When does that start? I don't know about that. Oh, fair enough. Um, just please, fucking go in the, you know, circulate some interest and help me out. Because it's not phony. It's not something I want to do and ego and all that shit. It's something I have to do. And if I don't fucking get up there and do it, you know, at least once a month, I feel... Like an incomplete human. So you people out there can help me become more complete by supporting the Springer Sonic Droogs out of Chicago. Uh, I don't mean that... I don't know how to put it any other way. Can you do anything else other than being Springer? Well, Springer's a fucking huge... It's like Alice Cooper, you know? There's Vincent, you know, the guy, and then there's Alice. He's the one who taught me to separate the fucking two. But I'm an artist. I paint. I write. I do all kinds of other shit, but I'm not going to talk about that until it surfaces. Right. You know what I mean? Right now, my band is fucking hot. And if you can see us right now in this period, you'll be able to say, I saw them when. Because in a few years, you know, we'll be playing fucking cool. Bonnaroo. Where can these people find you that are listening? Uh, Spring of Sonic Droogs, small, small uh, font, Chicago. And uh, you'll see our website. Just Google it. Yeah. Google it, whatever. Fair enough. You might end up with a lot of Springer SSD stuff, but that's my fucking past. 
Yeah. Let's move to the future. You guys get on the bandwagon and fucking take this ride with me because I have one more chance to be a complete fucking weirdo, which I love doing, and everyone can go fuck themselves. But please, come along for the ride because it's going to be a good one. Well, fuck yeah. Thanks, Springer. Thank you very much. Nah, man, these are like wing tips. Whatever, it's white fucking shoes after Labor Day. Come on. What should I, I wear? Was in wild... Should I wear black shoes? <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm telling you what you shouldn't do. I won't tell you what to do. But that, wrong. That was in white all fucking summer. Come on, man. Classy. I like that. I'm not gonna argue. No, I'm not gonna argue with that. The laces and the fucking trim are fucking beautiful. But the white shoes out the lane. What about what about my baby bear's watch? With the fucking orange. Yes, of course. But those have gotta go. Let's get you some fucking pumas, some orange pumas. Don't fuck around with that. That's weak. These are Paul Smith. Nah, these are comfortable for me. Yeah, those are fucking huge money. These are sneakers. Will you go in the hallway and do a fucking interview with this guy? You don't have to. But... Dude, you're in a well, new... You're he would never do it normally. We have him in a new, you know, a unique position right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I already thought the Springer... I mean, the Springer just stopped for, like, 20 minutes. It's fantastic. Look at him. Look at him. Why should should today be any different, right? Straight edge games in Boston. Now look at him. What? 53 years old with dreadlocks. I took him to the Patriots game in my truck, and, and my wife Patriots? is yelling at me. Say, like, Tony, you can't do this. I'm like, I can't see. Give me a fucking beer. <laughs> and I'm driving. I'm like, the cops can't see, and I'm thirsty, man. We got to park in our spot at some point. I was Come on, we were pounding beers in the truck. That that I was under a blanket out in the fucking golf We called it. We <laughs> called the ghetto so cruiser. Hard. The Patriots made fucking idiots out of the beers that night. But I'm under a blanket, <laughs> fucking laughing. We have blankets, gloves. Deluxe, he took me to the luxe position. I could not be a Patriots fan. And you and know the guys. The blanket, fucking, no, but spring on. <laughs> spring on. Brady was just like this, like. Oh, and it was a. Hey man. But you know all the guys like in my section. I could. Don't even wear something, Patriots. No, if I couldn't you come in the area, I was in Bears you're outfit. fucking dead. Dead. So I'm under the Guys are like laughing, and they all went inside. Like Ric Flair style. I'm outside <laughs> the whole game going, this is your fucking pork. It's snowing. On the ground. The snowball. In the alley. Oh, it was a wow. In here's, the aisle. Here's looking up your old address. Hey, you know he can do nothing now. What's you? happening? What's going on? What a, what an interesting I, I, Oh, yeah. You took it in the right place. Tony from Victory Records. Maybe I will interview the guy that wants to interview me. Okay. I'm Tony from Victory Records. Hold it, hold it back a little bit. There you go. Right about there. What do you think about when Gordon Soley was running wrestling in the NWA... And then they had to bring in the Briscoe brothers and Baron Von Raschka from Minnesota. I thought it was awesome. It changed my life forever. It developed, the, you know, WWF. That was right yeah, WWF. Well, put them on the map. we also had a guy from Minnesota, Chief J. Mean Gene Okerlund. 
He went from WWE. It was. <laughs> the Iron Sheik is not a Sheik. He's a Sheik. What about Texas wrestling? The Funks. I like Jerry Lawler, who just had a heart attack, and I hope he's doing well. We all love Jerry the King Lawler from Memphis, Tennessee. Right. Not from Texas, but Tennessee. The South. Mid-South wrestling. Mid-South wrestling. Right. I don't know shit about wrestling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Except for Jerry Lawler from uh, Andy oh. Kaufman. How about that band called... What is this band? I never knew. The whole time I was watching as a kid, I never knew it was stage. What, uh, what about this band, Leonard Skinner? Uh, they are fantastic. They are, um, uh, they, 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 they play now. their banjos <laughs> and their free bird, and like he said, you know, whatever. <laughs> what about our other brothers, the Almonds? Well, one of them died, right? He got really sick. Yeah, that's sad. But I like them. They're fantastic. They're played on the radio every day where I live. Is that an AM station? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if you put a mic in front of me, man, it ain't yeah. going to stop. Oh, it's fun. Man, what I a... love interviewing people. Do you? Oh, yeah, Is that what you do, I, just I, right I, there? Well, like, what, what do you think? Well, I walk up and I walked up to you and I'm like, "Hey, let's." Are you guys waiting for a cab? You're like, "Yeah, get in." You're hanging out with us now, and I'm like, "Yes, this is an adventure." You know any of these dudes? I'm gonna get a cold beer. You want one? Yes, please. All right, buddies. Uh, that that was the uh, ridiculousness of my Chicago night. Uh, still hard to believe. I only listened to that interview for the first time today, and since I did that in what September, Jesus Christ! I'm actually I can't believe how great um, both both segments came out. Uh, because man, that, that is pretty ridiculous. Um, I came home from Chicago, you know, and I I opened up my copy of. American Hardcore, the book, and I opened it up to page 160, and actually, I opened it up, and it was already bookmarked to page 160, and the band, it was bookmarked. The page it talks about is SSD Control. How fucking crazy is that? Even more crazy is, what is the bookmark that is bookmarked that page together? It's a Rise Against sticker for the Unraveling that I bought in 2001 at their uh, very first... Uh, Colorado show at Two Loggies in Boulder. So that's my bookmark, is the Rise Against bookmark in the American Hardcore on the SSD Control page. How fucking fantastic. There's even a quote here from Mr. Drew Stone, director of the film All Ages, uh, which uh, Springer talked about in, in depth. I'm going to email Mr. Drew and see if uh, maybe he wants to get on the phone and uh, talk about that uh, the, that documentary and his uh, life and music and whatnot here. And I'll email him about this here later on this day. So maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we can set something up. Uh, again, the rest, rest of the weekend in Chicago was fan-fucking-tastic. Saw Elvis Costello. Saw Iggy Pop. Saw uh, Rise Against. Saw Hot Water Music. 
Jesus Christ, I saw a whole bunch of people. I got to see Wilhelm scream not once but twice. I got to hang out with Matt Allison, which you probably already heard that interview. Matt Allison, of course, is the uh, founder, uh, producer of legendary Atlas Studios. Got to hang out with Neil Hennessy from the Lawrence Arms and Treasure Fleet. Got to hang out with Isaac Thorts from uh, the Arrivals in Treasure Fleet. Listen to that episode as well. That all happened the same night as the uh, Wilhelm scream show. What a fantastic fucking trip that was. Um, I got to see Off With Their Heads play a secret show with Mikey Erg opening, playing his uh, Erg songs, and then went straight into a fucking Off With Their Heads set. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Seriously, hands down, one of the best trips of my entire life. And I've made uh, lifelong friends of Derek and the Whipped Boys, as well as Pat, Kristen, and Mike from Fort Lauderdale. Can't wait to fucking hang out with you guys again. Let's make it happen. Um... So, thank you for listening. I apologize again for this taking so fucking long to get up and get out there. Uh, if you're curious about Springer and the Sonic Droog, Droogs, please check out uh, mostofharmlesspodcast.com. I got links to that. I got links to all ages. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's about it. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take Mostly Harmless into some different directions. Uh, last year, we had done an interview with Noah Van Scriber. Um, comic book artist extraordinaire his book just came out and won a whole bunch of awards his book about abraham lincoln and his battles of depression uh i've already been in contact with a bunch of film directors and i'm going to start working on some more comic artists and things of the ilk and let's see if we can uh let's let's see what uh 2013's got for us friends uh please visit us on facebook mostly harmless podcast please visit mostly harmless doc mostly harmless podcast.com uh like us on facebook please uh, reviews on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. All these things help me uh, help me book some of these bigger and better interviews. Uh, we're we're about to hit ten thousand downloads for the first year, and that's pretty fucking span fan fucking tastic for just some dumb little shit that I do. Uh, just me getting drunk with a microphone and ranting and raving and asking questions. I'm just a monkey with a microphone. That's what I I posted the other day, and uh, I'm not a real journalist. I'm just a dude who likes music and wants something bigger and better to. Better for us all. So uh, we're going to end this episode with another Spring of Sonic Droogs song. Um, you can find these. I found these on their MySpace page. I'll throw a link up to that, too. Uh, this one's going to be called the Before the Devil Knows I'm Dead. So you can find them on Facebook, too, MySpace, all that good stuff, and follow them, too. Uh, again, thank you to Tony. Thank you to Springer for being such fine, wonderful fucking guests. Uh, and, again, this episode's dedicated to Lisa Root from Ant Magazine. Pat, Kristen, Mike from Fort Lauderdale. I don't have your names, last names written down right here, so fuck it. Um, And this is obviously dedicated to Chicago Ride Fest 2012. We'll see you next week, guys.
my respects. Oh, and by the way, if anybody asks, you haven't, you haven't seen, seen me. me.